0: Cam Rising, his personality just infuses this team. He's just a scrapper. He's a winner. He's a fighter.
1: You're listening to the Guys on the Sideline podcast, where you'll hear opinions, predictions, and sports takes in every direction. If you're a diehard sports fan, this is the place to be. The only podcast with an audience made up completely of haters, hosted by guys who adopt the wisdom of Kobe Bryant and embrace every last one of them. Here are the guys on the sideline. Hey everybody, welcome back to Guys on the Sideline, the podcast. This is episode 128 of the fastest growing sports podcast in and around... uh, Southeast country, the SEC. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome in today. We've got college football on the brain. This is your college football preview show, and we're thrilled that you're tuning in. This is your nearly famous host, Jeff. Where exactly is Tuscaloosa Burton? And I'm joined by everybody's favorite, the one and only Chris Thickboy7 superfan, Mumford. What's up, Chris Mumford?
0: What's up, Jeff? Gonna to have to explain that that nickname sooner rather than later, before imaginations run wild. Uh,
1: who is Thick Boy Seven? I mean, come on, who doesn't know who Thick Boy Seven is? The Thick greatest Boy 7 quarterback. For, oh, go ahead. Sorry. The greatest quarterback in University of Utah football since Jordan Wynn, Travis Wilson. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I think he I, I, arguably has to be one of the most exciting, thrilling Ute quarterbacks coming into his second season. Who am I talking about, Chris?
0: Ham Rising. Bad Moon Rising. Bad Moon Rising.
1: Present. I think there's also a Bruce Springsteen song that he wrote about um, the Thick Boy 7, but uh, it's going to be a great season. Uh, it's great to have college football lined up and ready to go. There's already been a couple games. There's obviously a couple games uh, tomorrow being Saturday. Uh, Everybody from the state of Utah is headed down south to the southeast. Uh, The Utah State, uh, my alma mater, Utah State Aggies, are going and playing a little-known team coached by Nick Saban. The Utah Utes are taking off uh, in a battle of former Urban Meyer juggernauts. They're going to be in the University of Florida, Gainesville, Florida. It'll be a lot of fun. Home of uh, Tom Petty. Shout out to Mr. Petty who hails from the great state of Florida. And so we got a lot to talk about. We don't have a lot of time, but that's okay. We've been told that the shows are better when they're shorter because that's less of me blabbing. So no offense taken to all of those haters out there. Appreciate the commentary. Appreciate the comments. We're going to get started. We're going to jump in. Uh, I don't know a lot about college football this season. And so Chris Mumford is going to enlighten me and going to enlighten the audience. So Chris, what do you say we get started? Let's do it. All right, let's do it. All right, Chris Mufford. I kind of teased up uh, opening weekend. We want to talk all college football, but specifically, we've kind of been known as a, a Ute uh, podcast. You could say University of Utah. Kyle Whittingham. Uh, Britton Covey, the boys back from Rose Bowl fame. So let's start there. You were talking a little bit on our last episode about expectations. The yeah. University of Utah, the Utah U football team is getting a lot of praise and a lot of love. I think they're ranked in one pull at number seven. So talk to me about expectations for this team and what that means, like, like how you're feeling as a fan with such high expectations.
0: Yeah, I think on the one hand, it's great. And as As Coach Witt has said many times when asked about this so far this season and in interviews and such, it's really just a sign of the increasing stature and respect of the program. To be preseason ranked says a lot about what people think about us, even even in a losing effort in that Rose Bowl. I think people could see that we were going toe-to-toe with Ohio State. Now, granted, they had a lot of players out. But it's still Ohio State. It's blue chippers up and down that roster. Third stringers are, are probably starting caliber players on, on most other teams. So it was still a really fantastic showing. And I think that the ranking is sort of an extension of that. It's it's just another sign that people do take us seriously. They're aware of us. And it's great for, for our brand overall. That being said, you know, we've always prided ourselves and thrived on that underdog mentality, right? in many ways we define it. We are kind of the the banner G5 team that made the leap, right? You could argue Boise State has an even bigger brand as sort of that party spoiler, you know, gate crashing brand that can show up and, and beat you in a New York Six Bowl. So I want to give due respect to Boise State. But, you know, we were kind of the first to do it and then made the conference jump and now have won that conference. And I don't know that anyone else has to my knowledge. I, I don't know that TCU has won the Big 12 yet. Um, and, and I don't know that there are others that you could quite say the same about. And I was watching the Pitt versus West Virginia game last night and saw that Pitt won its first ACC championship last year. It was their first one. Right. Wow. That's cra- I don't know exactly how long they've been in the ACC. But the fact that it's been that long and that there are um, conference members so far as I know in the Pac-12 that haven't won it ever either um, is incredible. Right. The fact that we've made that leap. And so. But that's all been with that underdog mindset, right? And I still think we we kind of capitalize that even in games like the one against Ohio State in the Rose Bowl, because I don't know that, that other teams still really view us with that same level of respect, and I st- still think we capitalize on it. Now we've got a big target on our backs, right? Being ranked seven, giving an unranked Florida team every opportunity to jump into the rankings with an early season victory over us um, really puts us in a different kind of position. So... It's harder to deal with, but I will say this about the expectations, about my expectations for the season in general. Cam Rising, man, his his personality just infuses this team. They, they, they all take it on, and he's just a scrapper. He's a winner. He's a fighter. It's that that kind of je ne sais quoi that we say some players have and some don't. He has it. It's just some kind of edge. He is his best in the hardest moments when it matters the most. And he can elevate an entire team. And anybody who doubts it, just look at the first game where he was inserted last year against San Diego State. Now, they didn't win the game, but it had been a putrid effort up to that point. We looked like we didn't show up, like we were quitting, we were done, we were ready to to pack it in. And he got us within, you know, a whisker of coming all the way back and winning that game in the late stages. And then the rest is history. He took us to a whole other level. You just can't overstate the importance of a quarterback on a team. And I I think for that reason, I'm not going into this Florida State game, you know, quaking in my booties about what kind of team we might see. The defense will also be a lot better than it was to finish last year. We have a healthy secondary that's going to be, you know, much improved. Yes, we lose Devin Lloyd, but we've got some real studs in that linebacking core. And here's a name to look out for to make a big play in Gainesville. I, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and predict some kind of big play here, whether it's an interception or a pass breakup, look for the name Jatravis Broughton. To me, he was our best corner before Clark Phillips III emerged last year. Now, you know, it's arguable between the two, but Jatravis Broughton is, is the real deal. He's an excellent corner. He got injured like first or second game last season, so you didn't see much of him, but he, he is very, very good. Watch out for him to make a play. I don't think Florida's necessarily. You know, if they're looking at tape from that Rose Bowl, they're in for a surprise. That secondary is going to be a lot better than what they saw there. And I think combined with our our offense that returns so many vital pieces between key pieces of the offensive line, um, Tavion Thomas, our fantastic running back, who's a bruiser, who's going to soften up a defense, our two excellent tight ends. Yeah. And you know, some young t- talent in the, the receiving core, they've got some some proving to do, but you've got guys like Solomon Enos, who's reliable, right? He can catch the ball, he can get open, he can make those those plays here and there. You've got a guy like Jalen Dixon, who's undersized and small, but has speed. And then Devon Bailey is the guy that everybody was talking about out of camp. Um, He's got the size, he kind of matches the physical profile and apparently he's been making plays left and right. So we've got weapons all around and a really good play caller in Andy Ludwig. So I like our chances in Gainesville. I think we're gonna play well. Hospital environment, it's going to be tough. And if we get down early, it's going to be, it could be a tough one. It could be a long day, but I think that we're going to start the season strong. And I'm excited where we go from there.
1: Great takes, Chris. Great uh, information. Agree with everything you're saying. Expectations are challenging, but I think Kyle Whittingham is arguably one of the most respected college football coaches. Very steady, very steady. You know what a Kyle Whittingham team looks like they're disciplined, they're hard-nosed, excellent defenses. And and you touched on it. I think the offense is going to match that defense. I think the challenge is dealing with those high expectations, but I, I guaranteed Kyle and his coaching staff is really beating into these guys and really getting them mentally tough for a tough season. You know, a great opener. This is not, no disrespect, but this is not Weber State, Chris. This is not the typical opener. This is a this is a great football team with loaded, loaded future NFL players in Florida. Now, they've got a new coach. You know, there's questions down there in Florida, but they, no question, they're going to be a great team and it's a great opponent. I'm looking forward to the tight ends. I think, does, is there any team in the country that has better tight ends than the Utes? I just, I, I love so. the one two punch.
0: Yeah, and I, 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 I think Dalton Kincaid and um, Frankie, yeah. I mean, it, we were talking all last year about how Brant was kind of our NFL breakout guy. Now you feel like Dalton Kincaid's the one that gets ranked higher on draft boards. I think both of them are draftable, right? Um, Absolutely. That's yeah. that's an incredible luxury to have. Um, so yeah, I mean, those guys can catch passes, make plays left and right. I think we've got some speed elsewhere. And again, I think we've got a signal call. I think we have an identity on offense. Let me just say that. Like, um, I think we know who we are, what we're doing. Cam Rising now has been in our program like a million years. (laughs) Like he got, I think he's been in there. This is like his going to be his like fourth year, I think, even though I think he's a junior, if I'm not mistaken, um, at this point. So, you know, just... Total command of the offense, um, even backing him up, Bryson Barnes, who's that really great story coming out of the Rose Bowl, um, you know, been with the program a while, I think knows the playbook, has that command. But We still got guys like Jaquin and Jackson, who knows if we don't mix him in in some wildcat here and there, throw in some wrinkles, things that that Florida is not necessarily ready for. So it's going to be a really interesting game. Um, but I think you can't also overstate the importance of the confidence you get in drubbing a team like Oregon multiple times, right? And I think that the talent on Oregon is comparable to what you're gonna find on like a Florida, right? I'm not saying yeah. that they're as well coached or whatever else, but blue chippers um, you know, on those rosters, likewise with USC. So we can line up against teams that have blue chippers and the last uh, you know, game we played, like I said, against Ohio State, it doesn't get much more top tier than that, right? Like at the end of the day, they know what it's like to come up against top talent they know how to play against them. And so I don't think they're going to be overwhelmed from that standpoint. I don't think that that, that there's going to be some major glaring talent gap evident there. Um, it's just more the environment. And does Florida get a couple things breaking their way early that gets the crowd really into it? And how does that impact us? That'll be interesting because the Rose Bowl was all but a home crowd for us. The Pac-12 Championship was basically a home crowd for us. We played Oregon at home in one of the craziest environments of all time, based on what I've heard from those who were there at Rice Eccles. So that'll be a shift. This is, this isn't just hostile. It's overwhelmingly hostile and is known and notorious throughout the SEC for being one of the toughest venues, right? In one of the toughest conferences. So wonderful test for our guys. I'm going to say this to Jeff, and it may be controversial among Utah fans, but this to me is a house money game, right? Like you don't have to win this one because to me, The the youths take their steps incrementally. They don't tend to skip things, right? Like, they were close at winning the South, and they were close and close, and they finally break through. They get to the championship game, lose. They get there again and lose, and they finally break through and win the championship game. Now they got to the Rose Bowl. To me, the next step is to win a Rose Bowl, right? Get a conference championship again, win a Rose Bowl, continue to kind of, you know, build off that momentum. I don't know that a playoff is... The next logical step. Now, a lot of people are making that tradition, that prediction, just because of what we bring back, our schedule, so forth and so on. And I'm not saying we rule it out, but to me, if we go down in this game, they'll still look at it as everything's in front of them. Um, you know, as far as the opportunity to win another Pac-12 championship and wind up in a Rose Bowl. Yep. Um, and if you can start doing that with some consistency, then you have that platform, I think, to build off of that and take a, a true crack at the playoff and That's more the trajectory I see them on. I think this is a house money season in general in some ways. You know, it'd be wonderful to take home another Pac-12 chip for sure. Um, And I think that that's not an unreasonable expectation. But I'm not going to think that the the season's over and doomed now just, you know, based on the outcome of this first game.
1: Chris, you referenced San Diego State last year. I I feel like after that game, right, you lose San Diego State and you think, oh, my gosh, like the season is over, right? Like it's like this is not going to happen. And what happened? What happened is exactly what you referenced. The 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 team rallied around Cam Rising, and you have to say, right, arguably the best season in Utah youth football history going to the Rose Bowl should have won that game. But nonetheless, it was a fantastic season. And so I agree with you, and I think it actually favors Kyle Whittingham and his strategy and his coaching. He recognizes there's, yes, they want to win. They want, I'm not saying they don't want to have a perfect season. They don't want to play in the playoff. They don't want to win a college championship, but I'm saying he recognizes that this is not all the pressure in the world is not on this one game. He'd rather go in there, build, you know, if he can win another PAC 12 championship, exactly what you're referencing, get to the Rose bowl like you, you would not as a youth fan be disappointed. And I think sometimes in college football, there's the, there's this unrealistic expectations for the Boise state, for even BYU, these historically independent teams, Notre Dame, if they lose one game, it's like the whole season is a loss. And that's just, that's a horrible, horrible mindset. And it's really not fair to the team, to the school, to the players. And so completely agree with you. I think this Utah football season is going to be one of the most exciting. And and I don't know that they're going to, again, get through it unscathed. But I think, like, start to finish, and, and with a caveat, and I think this is important, have to keep the team healthy. Have to keep Cam Rising healthy. Now, you referenced there's a couple of backups that are intriguing. Uh, again, there is some depth at tight end on defense. So, I mean, this is a very deep team. But obviously, for the Utes to make a, a sustainable run, In the Pac-12, it's key that they protect the quarterback, that they keep the guys upright, they keep them healthy, and so a lot of excitement. The game is in Florida. I think it kicks 5 o'clock Utah time, which means it's a 7 o'clock late game in the South, correct?
0: Yep, that's right.
1: And I, I think that's important, too, just in terms of temps. I think having a nice, you know, humid... Um, evening game. I would take that over, you know, an afternoon game there in Florida. Um, tons of excitement, tons of fun. Chris, we have to wrap here shortly, but I, I do want to just give a quick um, nod to Utah State, who will be playing Alabama, the number one team in the nation. I don't remember what I saw, but I think Utah State gets a paycheck of $2 million. Is that accurate to say?
0: Wow. I hadn't seen that, but that's fantastic for that program. And Great, great game to schedule, and hey, make another run at the Mountain West again for Utah State. wasn't last year their first last um, conference year? title there.
1: Absolutely, in the year before, if you remember, they won one, one or two games. Like it was a complete turnaround. Blake Anderson, the coach there, great, exciting things. Uh, they've they're one to know they beat UConn. Not a great UConn football team, um, but y- you appreciate them going. They will, you know, knowing that they're playing a, a national championship contender, uh, great opportunity. Um, you know, Alabama likely will win this, you know, that they're not going to open up the playbook, you know, that they're going to likely get a commanding lead and, and be conservative play, you know, second, third stringers and all of that. But Utah state can go in there. And I think, I think really use this game as something to your point to say, Hey, we, we competed with the best team in college football. Now we can go and we can be our, the competitors in our conference. So it'll be, it'll be lots of fun, nothing but love for the Aggies. And then a shout out to BYU as well. I think they're in South Florida. So I think another exciting team uh, from Kalani Sataki. I think there's a lot of expectation, a lot of hype around this. I do think they've got, uh, you know, it, this this will be a fun season statewide for everybody in the state. And so uh, anything you want to say on Kalani, BYU, uh, Utah State no, before I'm, we wrap? I'm
0: just really interested. Uh, yeah, really, you know, pulling for, for the Ags uh, per usual. Um, I think... Bonner, I think, is a good QB based on what I saw in that um, Mountain West championship game. So they, they could end up having a really nice season, um, you know, and you just hope for some growth from Alabama and they get out of it um, relatively healthy. But great experience for those guys could really set them up well, I think, for a strong run in the Mountain West. Um, you know, BYU, they have a tough, tough schedule. I was looking at that the other day and they've got just it's just chock full. It's definitely a a solidly p5 schedule they're definitely ramping up for that um you know big 12 birth um i think which is next year is that right when they start i think that's in, right in, in the big 12 um so that's when things get really extra interesting especially now with all this realignment news and will the utes end up there with them sometime i think the odds are decent right i mean i'd put it at like 50 50 at this point and that wouldn't be the worst outcome i don't think you know barring a miracle that got us into the big 10 somehow um but yeah, I, I think it's going to be an interesting one for BYU. I think Jaron Hall is a is a phenomenal talent. Like, I mean, he's he's a lot to to try to contain and handle. He's mobile. He he's a pretty good just playmaker and and so forth. And so, be interested to see what we get from them. But it, it's kind of another house money season for them, right? At this Holy point, me. they've kind of won the game in terms of you know they're they're on their way to a big conference. There's nothing else to kind of prove that way um so they can just kind of ramp up focus on on some recruitment and that kind of thing um i'm expecting you know a solid season solid bowl from them but i think it's more um i don't know that they're in like new year six territory they could surprise me but that schedule's tough so i think that they end up with maybe you know as like a three or four lost team in a decent bowl game and um you know build some momentum heading into next year
1: chris i would call that success i just want to rattle off some of these names and, and clearly these are pre-season rankings, but you know South Florida is not a bad team no ranking BYU is 25th by the way so you know some some love some respect for them they play Baylor who's 10th Oregon who's 11th uh, Notre Dame who's currently 5th Arkansas 19th uh, Boise State who's not ranked but who's good and then they finish the season with Stanford who you know is a legit Pac-12 school and so I agree with you. I think uh, having reasonable expectations, I, you know, I, I don't think it's likely that Utah or BYU, excuse me, is going to run it out. Um, but goodness gracious, if they, if they drop if they dropped three of these and they're competitive and they, you know, they're in every game and they're down the stretch, you know, competing, I think, man, this would be, you've got to say one of the most exciting BYU seasons and certainly above, And and they do, because again, as an independent, they have some schedule challenges, right? I mean, they, they've got Dixie state on the schedule, East Carolina, some of these teams that you're, you know, probably at North Alabama, uh, excuse me, North Alabama was last season, but they've got a lot of excitement and they've got a lot of, you know, great um, competition this year. So should be fun. Chris, final thoughts out the door as we wrap this college football preview. It's a beautiful time of year. What do you got for us?
0: Well, I, I just think it's going to be an interesting season. You know, Jeff, there's a lot on the table right now in terms of conference realignment. You know, I, I've been a little bit soured, as I know you kind of tend to be on college football, that it's really it's it it's a long ways away from what it used to be is kind of just a more pure sport. It was, you know, a winner could kind of seemingly come from everywhere, anywhere. There's always been powerhouses in that. But it does just feel like now it's just sort of the feeder league um, for the NFL. It's just sort of a semi-professional format. I think a lot of it's positive in that I think pl- players absolutely deserve to get paid given all the money being made and all that, um, you know. But it, it's just going to be interesting to see where things go and whether the feel of the league changes over time. One thing, I, you know, I didn't get into a lot because I've ranted a lot about it already about the NBA is just that, you know, it, I don't love it like I used to. That's just the, the full truth because the NBA just feels like it's so the sport sometimes is almost secondary to like the egos and personalities and the media deals that they're signing. And are they really giving their best effort and they're resting half the season and all that kind of thing. And so, you know, does college football trend in that direction, I hope not, but you know, I'm here to enjoy it for the time being, and we'll just kind of see what the future holds for it.
1: Absolutely. It, it's good stuff. Nonetheless, uh, you know, realignment, the haves and the have nots uh you know college football playoff or not like there, there's just there's some flaws to it but at the end of the day there's nothing better than football in September right a nice fall we're kind of ending the summer and it just it's exciting there, there's a Notre Dame uh Ohio State game kicking off there's a couple other big names it just it's just fun it's a good time of year and so um, great takes chris great to be with you today Uh, Go Utes, go Aggies, go Cougars, go local teams. Should be a fun season. For Chris, I'm Jeff. We're guys on the sideline, and we are saying adios and bye-bye. The opinions and predictions on this podcast are right 98.3% of the time.
0: Someone's gonna tell you lies